sun-filled days, amazing food, incredible wine, and heart-stopping views, Lisbon has become a destination of choice for lots of good reasons. Join us, Tori, and Paul, two proud Portuguese Americans, as we explore our favorite city and transport you to Lisbon with love. Bom dia, Paul. Bom dia, Tori. And bom dia to our listeners. Welcome back to To Lisbon with Love, a podcast about the beautiful city of Lisbon. So our last episode, we we did a lot of walking. We walked up and down the hills of Lisbon, took you to all of our favorite stops. We took a tram, actually, also at one point in time. Yep. <laughs> we, got, we got around. And that getting around got us really, really, really hungry. Yeah. It did. <laughs> so we're really excited because this episode is all about food. And I would say that Portuguese food is pretty awesome. It is. It's one of the main reasons I go. <laughs> so during this episode, we're going to talk about the types of places to eat at. We'll go over what you can find on a typical menu. And we'll even give you some key phrases in Portuguese to help you get by. Sounds good. <laughs> so I think, you know, one of the reasons why we go to Lisbon every year is because of the food. And I think for both of us, it's because we're so connected to Portuguese food because of our own kind of Portuguese cultures. Is that true for you? Yes, it is. Do you yeah. have a favorite food memory? I do. I would say my favorite food memories in general of uh, Portuguese food revolve around when I was growing up and I would visit my uh, my grandparents, uh, my father's parents in Portugal. We would go for about five or six weeks at a time in the summer. And uh, my grandparents had a really nice little piece of land behind their house where they would grow all kinds of, of vegetables, uh, green beans, tomatoes, lettuce, all kinds of stuff, uh, potatoes, and even they, they even grew feed for some of the livestock that they raised. They, had, they would always raise a pig. They would have chickens. And one of my earliest memories is waking up in the morning. And the first thing I would do every morning is run down to the hen house and collect the eggs that that had been laid the oh. the night before and they were still warm and I just remember having such good breakfasts from those eggs and such good meals from all the other food you know my grandfather catching fish and I just remember food and really really fresh really really good food being such a big part of our lives yeah my grandmother my grandparents also had an amazing garden um, in Portugal Although I think it was mostly a fruit garden. I just remember these beautiful orange trees and it was like such a magical place. And when I think of Portuguese food, I really do think about my grandmother. I can picture her so clearly in my memory, you know, standing over the kitchen sink and, you know, with her, what we call a bata, her like house dress, and just kind of washing all the collard greens and the kale and chopping them up so finely. And, you know, just... Yeah, every time I think about Portuguese food, I, I think about her. And I also think about the lunches that my mom would put together on Sundays. That was like a big day where we would all get together and have like, you know, an amazing feast. And yeah, I mean, Portuguese food is just so connected to my family and to home. And 
being in Lisbon and smelling the food and just even seeing the words for the, these plates that I had growing up as a kid is just really, really wonderful. So there are lots of places to eat at in Lisbon. That's true. You'll never, you'll never go hungry in Lisbon. You'll never walk more than a few blocks without seeing a, uh, a restaurant of some kind. Yes. And so maybe we should tell folks like the types of places that they can eat at. Yeah. So as you're walking around Lisbon, you'll notice places that are clearly uh, restaurants. And one of the easiest ways to, uh, to notice these places is that the word for restaurant in Portuguese is restaurant. So that's very, very easy to recognize. It looks like how we would spell restaurant, but with an E on the end. And uh, so those are clearly restaurants. So you're, you're all set there. But they're, not all restaurants have restaurants on the sign. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of different names for more specific types of restaurants. And one of my favorite is called a Shurishkeira which is basically a barbecue place. It's generally a, a pretty small uh, restaurant, but you can kind of tell them when you walk in, there's like a little grill behind the counter near the door. And that's where they're going to grill a lot of their meats and their fishes. And you might think, you see the small grill and it's amazing how they can make everyone's food on that, on that small grill, but they do and it's really good. So good. Yeah. And it's not like a typical, when we say barbecue place, it's not what Americans would envision as a barbecue place. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, you're not going to get your sort of gloopy barbecue <laughs> sauces on, on stuff. Nope. Uh, it's going to be basically very simple. Yeah, very simple preparation, maybe salt, uh, some hot sauce, and that's about it. So good. Yep. Where else can you get some good food? Well, there are... You might see uh, the word marishkeira, which is, marishku means shellfish. So there are definitely some uh, shellfish uh, restaurants. And if, if you see a marishkeira, it doesn't mean that that's all that they serve is, is uh, shellfish. They'll, they'll have different types of food as well, but it means that they specialize in, in shellfish. And you might see another word at the beginning of a restaurant title called cervejeria. So that confuses me. Yeah, so that can be confusing because cerveja means beer. And so you might see a sign that says cervejeria and think, oh, that must be like a beer hall, like a place where they have 20 or 30 different types of beers and, you know, people just sit around and, and drink beer. And that's actually not the case. Usually a cervejeria is basically a seafood restaurant, and they call it a cervejeria because people tend to drink beer while they're eating the seafood. But it's not necessarily a place that specializes in beer. So tricky. It is. It, well, it can be. Um, <laughs> they're keeping you on your toes. You just, you just need, yeah, you need to know what's going on, which is why, <laughs> listen to us, we'll help you out. <laughs> so there are other places where you can get like a quick meal. Yeah, you'll see a place, you know, you'll see a cafe, which I think everyone knows what a cafe is. But uh, the thing is that in Lisbon, a cafe would serve more than just coffee or a, a quick meal. It might serve, I would say a, a good a good number of them would serve soups and even lunch or even dinner entrees. And you might see a an, another term called a pastelaria, 
prestige are pastries. So again, it's like a pastry shop, but again, much like a cafe, you might, they, they, a lot of them would serve, again, soups and sandwiches and even uh, lunch and dinner entrees. And then this brings us to our favorite type of place to eat. Yeah, so I would say that uh, usually when we go out to eat, we would eat in a place that would be called a Tashka. And the thing is, you might not recognize a Tashka as easily because a lot of them don't have the word Tashka in the name. But uh, a Tashka is basically a very small uh, neighborhood restaurant, think maybe, you know, 10 tables at the most, where not definitely not part of a chain just uh individually owned and very local and just very uh very fresh just really excellent food yeah you know one of my favorite things that i think i've just noticed really since we've been going there so often is that oftentimes the staff at these tashkas have been there for years like it's it's really their career whereas in the u.s you know, we're so used to most places seeing wait service turnover so quickly. And I think that's just kind of part of that culture of these small neighborhood restaurants that attracts both locals and tourists. But, you know, there's also people who have been there for years and they're part of that kind of fabric of that community. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd agree. It's definitely seen as not like a transient job. It's def- definitely seen as this is what I do. And I think that's that's a good thing. Yeah. And we would encourage you to go to these local places and not just, you know, kind of like the big tourist type of restaurants. Yeah, I I would agree. As you're walking through the city, you'll certainly notice the places that cater to tourists. And while we don't tend to eat in those places, I'm sure the food is, is perfectly good. And I'm sure that you know, by American standards, the the prices are relatively reasonable, but I feel like you're not going to get the same authentic experience there as as you will in a more uh, typical Portuguese restaurant. Yeah, definitely. And it can be a little bit intimidating, I think, if you're wanting to go into a Tashka because they are very small, compact places. Um, it can be kind of busy. The staff is, you know, they're Portuguese people, but most often you will find someone who speaks English, or I've, at least I find Lisbon to be a very English-friendly city. Yeah, I feel like if you go into one of those places, the people who work there in general will speak enough English to take your order, and I find that a, a lot of the places, especially any place that's within you know, within walking distance of where most people who are visiting Lisbon would be staying, places like that will have menus that are in English, so that even if the staff isn't fluent in English, you can at least uh, place your order. Definitely. But I do think it's nice if you go into a, you know, if you're traveling to a different country, to be able to say a few words in their language as a mark of respect. Yep, they definitely do appreciate that. So I think maybe we should give our listeners a little lesson in Portuguese. That sounds good. Wow, here we go. So when you enter into a place, you will want to greet whomever is there. And your greeting is going to be time specific. So if you're entering someplace in the morning, you're going to say bom dia, which is good morning or good day. 
And if it's the afternoon, you're going to say... Boa tarde. Boa tarde. And if it's at night, you're going to say... Boa noite. Boa noite. And we'll have all of these phrases on our website so <laughs> as part of our show notes, so don't, don't be too worried. If you want to say thank you, this is going to be dependent on whether or not you are male or female. So if you're a guy... Obrigado. And as a girl, I would say obrigada. This to me is one of the vagaries of the Portuguese language. I've never really understood why this is the case. As, as far as I know, this is the only word where whether it's masculine or feminine depends on who's saying it. And I have no idea why that is. It's just, you know, it's just how they roll. When in Portugal, do, do as the Portuguese, Portuguese do. do. <laughs> so if you want to say please, there are a couple of different ways to say please. Uh, por favor is one. Yep. Safaj favor. Exactly. Um, and that is basically like, if you please. You can also say, and that's kind of translates as to with your permission. In terms of menu items, a couple of things that you'll want to know are... So if you want water, uh, the good news is that water is agua, which <laughs> is one of the words that's the same as in Spanish and actually sounds the same as in Spanish. But something to keep in mind when you go to a restaurant, water generally will not be served for free. So they will not offer water automatically. And even if you ask for water, they'll bring you a bottle and you'll you'll have to uh, pay for it, which it's not, you know, it might be a euro or something for a bottle of water. But just keep that in mind. Don't expect it to be free. And when you ask for water, they'll ask you whether or not you want it cold, which the word for that is fresca or natural which is room temperature. And then there are two types of water. My absolute favorite is, of course, agua con gage, which is like sparkling water, although it tends to be more, more mineral than sparkling, I would say. But I love it. And then water without, uh, that's not carbonated is sangage, which basically literally translated means without gas. Agua con gage forever. No. <laughs> sangage for the win. Other things that you might want to to have to drink. Definitely want to have to drink. Definitely want to have to drink is maybe you want some wine. I think you probably want some wine, and that's vinho. Vinho is perfect. And there's red wine, which is vinho tinto. And then there is vinho verde, which is tends to be white wine, but it's more of like a young wine. Right. The, the vinho verde is... Uh... Basically, it means, right, it's it's green wine, but green in the sense of being young or being, you know, inexperienced, for lack of a better term. There is actually, I, I would say, probably 90 or 95 percent of Vigne Verde is white, but there actually is red Vigne Verde mm. as well. That really threw me for a loop when I saw that, I gotta say. Yeah, so, yeah, you just have to keep in mind that the green is not, in this case, the the color, it's more the uh, the youth. Mm -hmm. And then if you want white wine, vinho branco. Vinho branco. <laughs> Maybe you don't want wine. Maybe you want beer. something else. Maybe you want some beer. I'd like a beer right now, I'll a tell you that. beer would be amazing. What would you drink for beer? As I've mentioned previously, beer is cerveja. Mm -hmm. And do you have a favorite type of cerveja? Super Bach, Super all the Bach. way. We're team Super Bach. Super Bach. All the time. We're not even going to mention the other one.
you're eating and drinking, you will um, eat want and drink more. some more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so when you're done with your meal, you will often be asked if you want dessert, which the word for that is sobremesa. And I think it's important just to note that eating in Portugal is going to be good, lengthy dining experience. The culture with the Portuguese is very much that you're going to enjoy your meal, enjoy your meal with the people that you're with. It's going to take some time. Right. It's definitely a lot about the food, but it really is about the whole experience. People there don't show up, sit down, eat, and then leave. It's just, it's definitely a more relaxed experience. People will usually order dessert, and then they'll have coffee, and then they'll talk, and it's it's definitely more laid back than a restaurant experience in the United States, I think. Yeah, you won't be rushed at all. And, you know, they kind of actually expect you to have coffee and dessert. Yeah, I, I would say that's that's expected. Not that it's obligatory by any sense, but uh, if if you say that you don't want coffee and uh, dessert, they would be they would act surprised, I would think, or they would be surprised. Yeah, definitely. And so, if you're having coffee, there are a couple of different types of coffee that you can get. I usually get an espresso, espresso, and the word for that is café. Or in Lisbon, you can call it a bica. Yeah, bica seems to be a very local phrase. Like if you go up to Porto, which is a couple hundred miles north, they have like no idea what a bica is. But in Lisbon, it's like, yeah, if, if you order uma bica, they know, you know, everyone, that's what everyone calls it. They'll know that you're with the times there. Yep, you're, <laughs> you're with it. Other types of coffee that you can get, your favorite. Yeah, you can get uh, um galão, which is... Milk with some espresso. It's served in a uh, a tall glass, and it's very yummy. And then you can also, if you just want, like, you know, a typical American coffee, the word for that is? Uh, that would just be an Americano. An Americano. Last but not least, when you're ready to kind of move on, you'll want to ask for the check, and the word for that is? Conta. Conta. And again, to our earlier point about eating being an experience there, you will not leave unless you specifically ask for the conta. Yeah, I, w- I would say that if you don't ask for the check, they'll uh, they'll let you sit there a good long while. <laughs> and you can flag folks down. Like, that's totally appropriate yep. to do. But you won't leave unless you do that. So now that you have some basic words to get by, I think it's time to go eat. Let's eat. Let's go eat. So a perfect way to start your day in Lisbon is, of course, with breakfast. And I think for Americans, this will be a little bit of a different experience. Yeah, I, I feel like for the most part in Portugal, they don't do the big breakfast thing or the, the, the big brunch thing. Although I will say as I walk around Lisbon, I'm seeing more and more uh, signs advertising brunch. But I feel that's more for the visitors. It, it seems like a, a breakfast in Lisbon is is a little bit, a little bit more low key than what you would see in the states. Yeah, definitely. And so you'll probably just want to, you know, grab a bite at one of the places that we mentioned, either a cafe or a pastelaria. As Paul mentioned, they're everywhere and they're both and they're very good. And usually in these places, you can find some really wonderful pastries and you can find some sandwiches. There's also, you know, 
there's not like a lot of egg dishes, but oftentimes they'll serve omelets if you want to have a quick omelet. Yeah, omelets are, are very, uh, very widespread in Portugal. And I would say uh, that omelets often are not, not only uh, eaten for breakfast, but for lunch as well. And ham and cheese omelets are very common, which would be known as an omeleta mista. Omeleta, obviously, the word for omelet. And even uh, a lot of places you'll see a shrimp omelet, which is very yummy. I've never had a shrimp omelet. Yeah, they're very good. Oh, I'll have to try one. Definitely. (laughs) One thing to note, when you're at a cafe, you could either eat at the counter or you could sit down. Right. And it should be noted that if you order food at the counter, it's expected you will stand at the counter and uh, consume the food. And the reason for that is that there's actually, in uh, in many cafes, there's actually different pricing based on where you order the food. So it's actually a little bit cheaper if you order at the counter and eat at the counter than if you were to get a waiter service. So it's kind of not, it's, 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 it's kind of frowned upon to order food at the counter and then sit at uh, sit at a table. Right. So you've had your wonderful breakfast in Lisbon and you're spending your morning exploring the city. If you're anything like us, you will always be thinking about your next meal and which Tosca to go to. Yes, as soon as I'm done with breakfast, I start thinking about lunch. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard not to. The food there is just so good. It's true. And so you're probably wondering, what will I find on a typical menu in Portugal? And what you'll often find are dishes that are really focused on fish and meat. There's not a lot of vegetarian options on a typical menu. Right. There are definitely vegetarian restaurants in Lisbon. But I would say that if you walked into a typical local restaurant in Lisbon, there aren't going to be a lot of uh, vegetarian dishes on the menu. In fact, a lot of times there wouldn't really be any vegetarian entrees on the menu. Definitely. And so we spent a lot of time talking about cafes and pastelarias. So if you're looking for something light, you can usually get a sandwich at either a Tashka or one of the cafes or pastelarias. Yeah, and there, there are two uh, pretty prevalent sandwiches that you'll see all over, and their names can be a little bit confusing <laughs> to the English speaker. And that's because one of them is called a bifana, and one of them is called a pregu. And one of them is beef, and one of them is pork. And you might think, I got this. <laughs> bifana is beef, and pregu <laughs> is pork. I think you would be wrong, though. I think you would definitely be wrong. (laughs) Because a bifana is actually pork, and a pregu is beef. So tricky. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's almost like it's a different language. (laughs) But yeah, that's that's, that's it. So bifana, pork, pregu, beef. Mm. And you should definitely get a bifana, because bifanas are amazing. They're the best. They're so good. They're on this wonderful, crusty Portuguese roll, and there's usually a sauce involved, and it's just so delicious. Sometimes peppers and onions. Sometimes really peppers good. and onions. 
So get yourself a Bifano. But if you want something a little bit more substantial, you're going to sit down and have a wonderful hot meal. And one thing to note as you're beginning kind of your dining experience in Lisbon is that when you sit down, oftentimes folks will start putting food on the table. And these things are called patishkuj. I mean, they might put bread, they might put some olives, but they might also put these like like salty, like little things. Little fried um Sometimes they're codfish cakes, sometimes they're, uh, they're shrimp-filled or maybe sausage. I mean, they're, they're generally good, but what you have to realize that just because they bring them to the table and put them on the table without you asking, uh, that doesn't mean they're free. And in fact, they're not free. They're any, not free. Any, basically, just about anything you consume, you would pay for. Yeah. And this isn't like because they've marked you as a tourist this is really part of the culture in portugal yep so if you don't want to try anything you just simply say you know não obrigada or não obrigado if you're a guy so once you've had your like little appetizers you're probably looking at a menu and you're wondering what should i eat and uh, the first thing to look at is soup because soup is really good in portugal so good. And it's uh, the word for soup is sopa. And you'll see a bunch of, uh, of different types of soup on, on Portuguese menus. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite soup growing up? Oh, for me, it was always caldo verde. Oh, that's good. It's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite. It's very simple. Collard greens uh, shredded very, very thinly in a sort of uh, a broth with a potato. And there's usually a... Uh, uh, a piece of chorizo, which is Portuguese sausage. Uh, it's a very common, uh, very typical soup from Minho, which is the northernmost part of Portugal. It's so good. My yep. favorite soup is, of course, conja, and that is just basically like a Portuguese chicken soup. And um, I always think about my grandmother when I have it because it's so good. And it's, you know, just pulled chicken in a really flavorful broth. In the Azores, they make it with rice, and I've only seen it with pasta in the mainland. Yeah, I always see it with with, uh, pasta. So strange. Still very good, but very strange. Mm. I must say I have a preference for the Azorean style. Mm. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing also, if you are getting a vegetable soup, that is a really good choice because, ironically, there's not a lot of vegetables on the Portuguese menu, part of the Portuguese plate, I should say? Well, I would say that depends on what you order. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, if you order like a, a grilled meat or a, a fried uh, fish, you're going to generally get French fries and rice, maybe a little teeny side salad. Mm. Whereas if you get more of like a grilled fish or like a baked fish, you're going to be more likely to be served a a boiled or a cooked potato along with vegetable. Uh, But a a lot of Portuguese menus do have uh, vegetables that you can order on the side, and you can always order a a salad either for uh, an individual person or for the table. Yeah, and just to note, like the salads... They're, they're really meant more as a complement to the meal. They're not like in the U.S. where you can get like a dinner-sized salad. 
Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that. So on a typical Portuguese menu, you'll often find a lot of chicken dishes, and the words for chicken are either... Well, when you're talking about an actual chicken, you would say galinha, but usually on a uh, on a Portuguese menu, it would be listed as frango. Yes, and I would recommend that the best way to eat chicken in Lisbon is to go to a churrasqueira and have a barbecue chicken there. Yep, frango churrasco is definitely a, uh, a very prevalent and tasty dish in Portugal. As Tori mentioned, you would find it a lot at a churrasqueira, and it's going to be uh, very simply grilled, as I mentioned before, and you're definitely going to want some hot sauce on that. And hot sauce is called piri piri. And a lot of restaurants, yeah, really good. A lot of restaurants even make their own hot sauce. It's definitely uh, worth getting. Definitely. You'll also see on the menu a lot of pork and beef dishes. Yes, and I would say, in my opinion... When I'm in Portugal, I tend to lean more towards the pork dishes. And I would say uh, beef in, in Portugal maybe as, looking at it from an American standpoint, maybe not, maybe the beef in Portugal is not quite as high quality as in America, in my opinion. Um, I would say there is one exception. In general, if you see something called nuvilhu on the menu... I, I think that's uh, that's worth checking out if you're a, a beef lover. Nuvilhu is, uh, you'll see it translated as veal. And the thing is, you'll also see vitella translated as veal. And I believe that nuvilhu is not quite as young as what we would call veal, but not quite as uh, as aged as what we would call steak. And it tends to be served very in sort of very thinly sliced and very very well marinated and very well tenderized and i i really uh i really like nuvilhu very very tasty but there's a ton of pork dishes to choose from on a typical menu the first is febrish which is a personal favorite of mine yeah febrish are really good it's basically just a, th- a thin uh pork cutlet without a bone um you'll see febrish Everywhere, they're usually grilled. They're really good. And then if you want pork chops. Yep, that would be costaletas. Along the same lines as as you would get pork chops here. Again, usually grilled, sometimes fried, but very good. And uh, sometimes you'll also see ribs on the menu, which is entrecostu. And uh, also another uh, uh, type of pork you might see is uh, lumbinu, which is tenderloin. Mm. And then there's your favorite dish. Yep, there's my favorite dish in the whole world, <laughs> which is, as anyone who knows me knows, is carne de porco elanjana. You love this dish. It's so good. And uh, yeah, it, it's funny that in if you go to a Portuguese restaurant in America, I would say there's a 95% chance that they're going to have carne de porco elanjana on the menu. Whereas when you go to, to Portugal, it probably is on maybe like a quarter of the menus that you see. But I, I really love it. It's just cubes of pork served with clams in a very, very flavorful uh, sauce, usually in like a small pot. 
and uh, sometimes the the potatoes are are served with the rest of the dish in the pot. Sometimes they're on the side, but either way, it's amazing. You love it. I do. <laughs> There's also a lot of other types of meats on a Portuguese menu. Um, we don't tend to eat like go or rabbit, but you can find those on the menu. Yep, definitely. You can find uh, you can find what you're looking for. Uh, so if you're uh, if you're adventurous, there's a lot of a lot of opportunities to be adventurous. Definitely. But what I would highly recommend that people do is eat the fish in Lisbon, in Portugal. It is so good. Fish there is just so fresh, um, and it's not complicated. Like it's very simply prepared. You know, they're using salt and olive oil, some pepper maybe. Um, you're not unless if you're eating like a stew or you know something maybe super regional uh, you're not going to have things with sauces but the fish there is just so amazing yep uh, Portugal has a, a huge coastline and the uh, the cuisine is uh, reflective of that it's uh, as Tori said really fresh really uh, really good and oftentimes when you're getting fish um, it will be served to you whole so you know just be aware of that you're gonna work for your meal yep and uh yeah if you're kind of the type of person who doesn't want your food looking back at you <laughs> then maybe uh you should stay away from a lot of fishes because a lot of times it, it you will get the whole fish and you will have to uh you know you know it's a fish <laughs> and uh yeah so be pre be prepared for that but uh, if you're not the type of person who wants to see your food looking back at you, there are a few options for you if you still want to eat fish. One of them is if you were to uh, order salmon. So good. Which, yeah, it's so good and this very... This is my favorite. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's really good. And you'll find it on almost any menu in Lisbon. Uh, the word for salmon is salmão. And... The one difference in how uh, it would be served in Portugal is that rather than a fillet like you would get here, uh, the salmon tends to be served as like, as a steak, so it would be sort of a cross section of the salmon. So around the edges there would still be some bones uh, involved, so you'd have to be careful of that. But yeah, it's it's uh, really good. So tasty. I think actually Portuguese salmon might be my death row meal. That's. Hopefully it will never come to that, but uh, but if it does for me, mine is corn pork alanjana beyond a shadow of a doubt. We're going on record with our yes. death row meals. Yeah, hope yeah. And if uh, if you're looking for another kind of fish that generally won't be looking back at you, there's another very uh, popular fish in Portugal called peixe espada. So peixe, by the way, is the word in Portuguese for fish. The thing about peixe espada, it's very good. It's a white fish. Like I said, you'll see it all over. The thing is, when you see it on a menu, it will be translated as swordfish because literally it translates as swordfish, but it's actually not swordfish. So tricky. It is, yeah. So it's actually, um, if you want swordfish, it's espardart, and you will see that, but it's relatively rare. So just, you know, feel free, get the Peixe Spa that it's good, just realize it's not swordfish. It's not swordfish. There's actually a really great article that you found that had all the different types of fish in the, the Portuguese translation. 
Yes, and we'll uh, we'll have that for you on our website. Ooh, our lucky listeners. So exciting. Mm. <laughs> um, another really popular dish in Lisbon or in Portugal is filete. And this is kind of like the Portuguese version of fish and chips. And it's really, really good. Yep. So the, the filets there would be... Uh, it would be served fried and it would be a filet, so there wouldn't be any bones. But the difference is, rather than what you would find with, let's say, an English-style fish and chips, where the batter is very crunchy, the uh, filets in, in Portugal, the batter would definitely be be softer. Yes. And another really popular fish that we, especially when we're there in June that we see a lot of is sardines. And I swear to God, I never thought that I would enjoy a sardine, but well, I do. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I think when we think of sardines, we think of like a little fish coming out of a, a can and uh, not there's anything wrong with that. But in Portugal, you tend to get your sardines fresh and grilled and they're really, really yummy. And if you go to Portugal in early June during the, uh, especially if you go to Lisbon in early June, uh, during the feast of Saint Anthony, Santo Antonio, there are people outside grilling sardines in the street all over the city. It's wonderful, wonderful smell. Wonder, just a wonderful time to be there. The cats are happy. The cats love it. We're happy, and the city is very, very happy. It's a good time. Yep. You'll also find, you know, on the on a typical menu, um, lots of seafood options. There are lulaj, which is squid. Um, polvo, which is octopus, camarão, which is um, shrimp, and all these things are very, very tasty, and you should eat it all. Absolutely. Uh, Meijuish is uh, oh, clams. Oh, I love a Meijuish. Yeah, they're really good. God, those are good. But we can't talk about the Portuguese diet without talking about the kingfish. Yes, the, the most prevalent fish in Portugal is bacalhau. And bacalhau is salt cod. And when I say salt cod, basically they go hundreds of miles, maybe even thousands of miles across the sea to to find and to fish salt cod. And then when they catch the fish, you know, they'll they'll pack it in salt to the point where it's basically like a big piece of cardboard like you can hold up this you know long piece of fish on one end and it and it just is straight as a board and in order to prepare it when when you're ready to cook it you have to soak it in water for for a couple days and change the water every every few hours but you know you go through all that but it's worth it in the end because it's just so flavorful and good yeah, you know, it's so funny. Growing up, I was not a fan of bacalhau. And I also have a very difficult time pronouncing it. Bacalhau. Bacalhau. You sound like my sister. <laughs> I struggle with that word. I don't know why I struggle with it. I think if you didn't say it by the time you were three, then like <laughs> you're, you're out of luck. I guess. Anyway, I did not enjoy it as a kid. Um, but as an adult, I really do enjoy it. And it's just so tasty. And there's... A lot of different ways to prepare it. There are. In fact, there's a saying in Portugal that says that the typical housewife knows 365 different ways to cook bacalhau so she can make it for her husband, you know, a, a different way every day of the year without repeating one. Fantasies are made up of all sorts of strange things. Well, I, I think there probably still are. <laughs> 
women in Portugal who know how to make Bacalhau 365 ways. Hopefully they're getting paid very, very well for that knowledge. I hope so. Do you know how to prepare Bacalhau? I, I don't I don't know any of the ways. No. No, but that's why we have restaurants. That's true. But the restaurants know how to prepare it very, very well. And so there are a few ways that you'll see it on the menu. Do you have a favorite style? I guess my favorite style is the way that my mother prepares it on Christmas Eve, which is bacalhau agom sa, which is shredded uh, bacalhau in a in a large uh, a large dish with potatoes and um, onions and olives and maybe some some hard boiled eggs sprinkled on the top, and they're really wonderful, really really tasty. My dad makes that for Christmas Eve too. Yeah. Must be a tradition. Maybe it is. Hmm. So good. My favorite style is bacalhau abrage. And this is also shredded codfish. And uh, there's usually some crispy potatoes as part of this like kind of mixture along with some scrambled eggs. It's really, really good. Very rich and hearty. So this is a really good meal to share if you can. And very good for breakfast the next morning if there's any left over. Very true. And you'll notice sometimes on the menu, especially during lunch, that you can get like a half portion, which is good for one person, right? Yeah. So that's something that you don't see uh, in the United States, where a a lot of times on the menu, it'll show a price for a half portion and a price for a full portion. And really, if you order something just for yourself you'll generally be served a half portion. And uh, whereas if if you and someone else are getting the same thing, they'll just bring a, a full portion, which is great because the, the full portion is usually a very good uh, value. It, usually, you know, if, if the half portion is seven euro, the full portion might be 10. And uh, so, yeah, it, so that's definitely a, uh, a good way to go if you both want to eat the same thing. Yeah. Another way that you'll see bacalhau prepared is bacalhau alagareru. Yeah, that's a that's a yummy way too. So that's usually going to be one entire piece of fish, uh, uh, posta as they say. Uh, that's usually grilled, and there will be like oven roasted punched potatoes on the side, maybe topped with uh, peppers and onions. Uh, really tasty. Some olive oil, really nice. And then there's also. Another very prevalent way of, uh, of seeing bacalhau is uh, bacalhau aminota, which is uh, lightly fried, uh, served with caramelized onion on top. And it's uh, minota means somebody from Minho, so again, the northern part of Portugal. We know someone from Minho, don't we? We do. Uh, we know João Gomes. João. João is wonderful. Um, and... Our listeners are in for a special treat because in our next episode, we actually have an interview with João. We do. We do. Do you want to tell our listeners who João is? João is the proprietor of one of the most uh, most beloved Tashkas in all of Lisbon. It's called Imperial de Campodorique, and he is certainly a character, and you will... I think very, very much enjoy hearing him uh, speak about his restaurant in all of his uh, pride and glory. Yeah, it's a great interview. So we've spent a good portion of time today talking about 
the different types of food that you'll find on a menu in Portugal. And I think we, uh, we've run out of time, but we didn't have time for dessert. We didn't have time for dessert. How sad. I guess we're going to have to do that next time. Where's the sobremesa? No say. <laughs> so join us next time as we talk about dessert in Portugal. And then we'll talk about some of our favorite places to eat. Yes, and, and we'll also have the interview with João. We will. Until next time, até já. Até logo. Thanks for listening to To Lisbon with Love with your hosts, Paul Barakiro and Tori Costa. For more information on all the places and things that we've mentioned in this episode, visit tolisbonwithlove.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, where we share photos of everything that the beautiful city of Lisbon has to offer. Unless otherwise noted, all music on To Lisbon With Love was recorded live at Duke de Rua, a wonderful fadu bar featuring live music five nights a week just steps up from the Rusiu in the heart of Lisbon. Visit our friends there and let them know that we sent you. Are you enjoying To Lisbon With Love? If so, please subscribe, rate us, and share with your friends. Is there something about Lisbon that you're dying to know about? Send an email to twolisbonwithlove at gmail.com and let us know. Obrigada. Obrigado. Obrigado.